the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com all day, every day for the latest across the sports world podcast, long form articles, short form articles, great Twitter accounts, great follows. I recently joined the Athletic Los Angeles to discuss some of the Rams. Well, financial woes, <laughs> uh, team building decisions, where they might go from here, what kind of window they're still in. Of course, the uh, Jared Goff contract, what might be coming for Cooper Cup and Jalen Ramsey, a couple of contracts that need to be figured out in the next couple of months. So check that out at the Athletic. <clears throat> really happy to have them on the side and the top of your spot track pages all team pages for all of our sports. Really great partnership. Really happy with that one. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track, S-P-O-T-R-A-C for 40% off your subscription, $2.99 a month. You can't go wrong. Thanks again to theathletic.com. My name is Mike Gennetti. Happy Wednesday, June 10th, Flag Day. I'm in Buffalo, New York, and it's 95 degrees, so that's crazy. <laughs> We're having some power outage issues, so if I, uh, if I cut off momentarily, it's because of that. But we're going to get through a quick quick podcast here. A little baseball talk. Not the baseball you've been hearing of late, though. It's actually draft day, believe it or not. It's a five-round Major League Baseball draft, which is extremely truncated from the normal 40 rounds, the normal thousands of picks. Um, really something that's so big on an annual basis that it's hard to keep up with for the average user, let alone somebody who dives into the data like I do. So... We're going to see. This is, this is of course, a COVID-19 decision, but a lot of people think this, is, this has a chance to be at least, uh, you know, a guinea pig for what could come with major reform in baseball with an expiring CBA. Obviously, there's a lot of back and forth on the finances of 2020, but that, that's, that's going to rear its ugly head again come next year when the CBA discussions have to get involved. How do they fix the rookie wage scale? All that fun stuff. Uh, the draft's going to be a big part of that as well, because like I said, it's the 40 round system where because of all the draft picks, the minor leagues have to be this gigantic, you know, farm, multiple three to three to four teams per team. It's a lot of money for the major league baseball teams to take on. And something like this off season here, this hiatus has really obviously put a dagger into minor league baseball. So there's going to be reform because of COVID-19 and there's going to be reform because a lot of these systems are antiquated and we're finding out, unfortunately, where the holes were in a lot of corporations and systems and leagues and uh, sports are certainly not shielded by that. So here's what we have. We've got a five round draft. Like I said, the, the, the top rounds of major league baseball draft have slotted signing bonuses. So it's similar to how the NFL's rookie wage scale works where there are basically bonuses that increase exponentially based on the, the salary cap increase. There's, you know, minimum salaries that, that fall in a place after that, but it's different from the NFL and the NBA because these players sign essentially for minor league purposes. You know, it's very, very rare that somebody's drafted and then immediately makes an impact on the major league baseball roster. That just really doesn't happen though that we could be getting there. If they do make this the draft smaller and minor league baseball a little bit, smaller and simpler to the point of where we've only got maybe two farm teams per system. Then you may be seeing teams bringing players up quick, quickly, you know, quicker 
if they truncate the six-year rookie process, you know, maybe we'll start to see some of these players get there quicker because they're going to be getting to free agency anyway. And oh, by the way, a lot of these kids that are coming up, your Ronald Acuna's, et cetera, are signing contracts sometimes before they even get there, long-term contracts. So if that trend continues, then yes, we're going to start to see some of these higher draft picks make it to the major league teams a heck of a lot quicker than what was the norm. So there's a lot of, you know, one hand feeding the other here with how this reform could work. A smaller draft, a smaller minor league system, if that really does come to fruition, which I do believe to some degree that will happen, that that will mean more younger players in baseball, which is going to be more bad news for the free agents who need to get, you know, who want their $100 million. But that's just where the sports are going. You know, you can have this discussion with all the, all the sports, especially the NFL, when you look across the quarterback landscape, for instance, how many of those starting quarterbacks are going to be on rookie contracts now? So baseball's, of course, in that boat as well. We just saw the Houston Astros build a team through the draft, through the international signing period, and win, win the World Series. And that's the model so many of these teams want, especially the smaller markets, who just flat out can't afford to go out and spend big in, uh, in free agency or acquire high-priced players during, uh, via trade. Uh, you know, there's other ways to win now that Houston has really done it and Kansas City did it in 2015 as well. So those are the models. That's what teams want to do. And that starts with the draft. So if the draft is more fruitful, right, if it's not more, it's not, there's not as much fluff, which 40 rounds is fluffy. And, you know, maybe we'll start to see a process where we can, we can watch a major league baseball draft, like we watch an NBA draft or an NFL draft and start to identify these players immediately, root for them a little bit more, follow them a little bit more through their quicker minor league path. And then, like I said, they get to the major leagues quicker. Everything becomes uh, a more truncated, compact system where, you know, like we see in other sports, we, 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 we follow these kids through college. And, you know, that's another part of this. Many of these kids come from college baseball and college baseball just isn't, isn't a big television draw. Let's just be frank about that. So we're seeing some, a lot of these names for the first time, unless you're a, a major league baseball college player junkie, um, you know, college prospect junkie. A lot of us are seeing these names for the first time when they're drafted. So we'll see. It's an, it's an interesting five rounds here. Of course, one of the big notes to take is the Houston Astros do not have a first round pick tonight because of their sign stealing cheating scandal. So that's one of the, one of their disciplinary actions. I, I mentioned the signing bonuses. So all five rounds have slotted signing bonuses. All 160 picks have a slotted signing bonus because of the situation we're in. And obviously the, uh, the back and forth with the revenue and, and whatnot, they just decided let's take last year's slots and transfer them into 2020. So the number one overall pick this year is going to make, well, excuse me, is slotted to make the same amount as the number one overall pick last year, which is $8.4 million. I said slotted to make or slated to make because it is, there is some negotiation here. The Tigers have the first pick. They can choose to pay more if they feel like they need to, to get this player signed. It's not a guarantee. This That's such an, an another difference from these other leagues. Uh, if, Player X is drafted by the Detroit Tigers and does not want to be a part of the Detroit Tigers or has other aspirations to play internationally or whatever it's going to be. They can simply choose not to sign. And many times, especially in the later rounds, it takes a little bit of, uh, 
uh, of extra juice, of extra cash in these slotted bonuses to convince players to sign. And generally speaking, you can, you know, what you see teams do is if they've got a player that they know it wants to be on the team, they know will absolutely be signing a contract with that team. You can maybe squeeze a little less than the slotted value out of that player from a bonus standpoint to be able to use that money to increase an offer to a player who is questionable. We see it all the time, especially pitchers that are late, you know, four year starter starting pitchers out of college. They're just not going to get the, the full bonuses because they've got really nowhere else to go. They know they're coming to a, a major league baseball team and, uh, teams generally rake them through the coals. They get smaller signing bonuses and that money is dispersed elsewhere. So that's sort of how it works. There's, there's draft pools, rookie pools for these bonuses. And like I said, everything's slotted based on picks. So you can check out the MLB draft tracker. I'll be adding that to the front page of spot track immediately after this show. And round one is tonight, 7 PM Eastern on, I believe ESPN. So we'll have the first round information all ready to roll as that comes out. And then tomorrow, the remaining four rounds, ESPN 2, we'll have all 160 picks in our draft tracker so you can see the slotted bonuses and what teams will have to pay to lock in these players. Speaking of which, another COVID-19 change. Generally speaking, the bonuses were paid out fairly quickly after a signing. So, you know, players are drafted June 10th here. You know, the majority will sign by July 1st. Really, that's just generally how it works. There is a deadline. I believe that deadline has been pushed back a little bit here because of everything that's happening. So has the payment plan. So instead of a full payment for these players up front or some sort of quick, you know, installment plan over the next few months, here's how it's going to work. $100,000 is paid out within 30 days of signing the contract this year. So... That, that number one overall pick, $8.4 million, only $100,000 is paid this year. Huge savings for teams uh, in the current financial situation. Then 50% of the remaining, so you know, $8.3 million divided by two, is paid next July. And then the remaining 50% is paid July 1st, 2022. So it's a two-and-a-half-year payment plan for these drafted rookies, which, you know, not great for the rookies, but... Getting hundred grand up front, that's that's a nice little deal. That's that's enough to get them into the system at least. And uh, like I said, these guys aren't jumping to the major leagues anyway right away. So if it's got to be dispersed over a two and a half year period, that's probably about right from you know their term, their minor league terms before they reach the the big show. Undrafted players, what happens? There's going to be a lot of them, by the way. General, like I said, generally speaking, there's dozens of rounds. That's not the case tonight and tomorrow. So after pick 160, everybody else is undrafted. Those players can sign for a maximum of $20,000. That's their max bonus. So similar to uh, an undrafted free agent pool that the NFL allots every team when they go and sign their undrafted class. Uh, that's what the, the Major League Baseball has slotted for this situation, to maximum 20000 And that's low. In a normal draft you could spend up to $125,000 on your later picks or your undrafted players. And that would not count against your bonus pool separate from your quote unquote targeted rookies. That's different now. Obviously, you know, $20,000 is a lot less. That's why you've probably seen in the news a lot of these guys getting out of the draft and going back to college. 
if they don't think they're going to be a top five, you know, maybe a top three round pick, they're getting the heck out and they're going to come back and try this next year when things are more normal and they'll have a better chance of getting themselves a good signing bonus and and a better situation to succeed. It's hard enough as it is. So I can understand that. That's a, that's a big change for this 2020 draft. So there you go. Five rounds, 160 picks, no Astros first round picks. The first round pick will is slide, slotted to make $8.4 million on his bonus. Same as last year's first round pick. Um, it's a two and a half year payment plan, which you can understand with the current situation. Undrafted players, uh, not great. Not great. $20,000. If, if, you, if you thought you were a sixth round player, you know, leading up to 2020, you were probably pretty happy with that. And now that things have changed and the sixth round is undrafted and the max is 20, you know, 20,000. Whereas last year I'm looking at, at last year's draft on our, on spot track, the number 168 pick, this is the first pick in the sixth round received a $250,000 signing bonus. So that's a big step down for a player who's a pretty darn good baseball player, you know, pick 168 in the baseball draft. That's pretty darn good all things considered. So, you know, that's a big drop for that player who thinks that he's that good right there to say, all right, well, I'll get going for $20,000 and hope I get myself to a substantial contract from there. That's tough. That's really tough. And if, you know, you're a fringe fifth round player, again, I understand a lot of these guys getting out and going back and trying it again in 2021, but we're going to have a draft. We're going to see how it goes. And we will be tracking that at spottrack.com slash MLB slash draft. Have you ever wanted to take a shot at getting a $12,000 Michael Jordan rookie card or a $1,600 autographed Tom Brady helmet for a fraction of the price? Hit Parade is the premier authentic autographed sports memorabilia mystery box manufacturer in the country. Take a shot at getting an autographed item from the biggest names in the game like Jordan, Brady, Zion, Trout, and plenty more. Get your box today at Hit Parade's exclusive online provider, dacardworld.com. That's www.dacardworld.com. No one has more hits than Hit Parade. Okay, real quick, let's stay on baseball. Uh, I'm sick of it. I'm sure you're sick of it. I'm ready to see baseball on TV. I'm dying to see it in person, but I understand that that's not going to happen for six to eight months here, minimum, most likely. I just want to get this out there and then be done with it. We've gone back and forth. The union, the union, the, the owners, the union, the owners, you know, this many games, this much of the salary, this many games, this much of the salary. We've tried to keep up with it on Twitter. There's a lot of people doing this as well. We have spreadsheets outlining which, what players would make in all the various scenarios. Nobody wants to see that nerdiness, <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff we do behind the scenes here. Unfortunately, we're, we're trying to keep up with the riffraff. And at this point, I just want to say, here's what needs to happen. It's getting to be about that time. It's June 10th. This is baseball season. It is. And the fact that they've already missed an opportunity to be playing ball right now ahead of these other sports, which are now coming back. We have golf starting tomorrow. We have Premier League soccer coming back this weekend. NASCAR is already in full force. And they're going to have fans back, by the way, this weekend in some spots. Uh, we know football on every level is full, is full speed ahead and basketball and hockey both have legitimate plans in place now, as well as major league soccer. Baseball is still at the drawing board and they're using Twitter to do a lot of their drawing. 
here's what needs to happen. In my estimated opinion, but educated opinion, I'm a big baseball guy. I'm a big baseball numbers guy. And I do have the, the, the finances in front of me. That is something I'm afforded right now. 72 games seems just right. It, it's just fine. Okay. We, let's just, let's just, can we at least get that figured out? All right. I understand why the players started where they did over a hundred and then the, the league started way down where they did. It's, I get it. They, they're, they are trying to be extremists so that they can negotiate themselves to a, to a solid middle point. We all now know what that middle point is after the second offer that when there was a high and a low, we all could do the math. That's not hard math. My nine-year-old daughter can do the math. 72 games is the right number for everybody. And we have to stop. We have to stop with the reduction on prorated salaries. There is a reason that the owners brought prorated salaries to the table in March and the players immediately said, yes, we're fine with that. Whatever we play, we'll get paid for. Whatever we don't play, we won't. I understand that there's no fans and no hot dogs and no parking. I've said it a million times on this show and I'm getting sick of saying it, but I, I have to side with the players here. I have to side. If the, if the, if the owners are going to get less games, which is what they're getting. And oh, by the way, the more we go back and forth like this, the less games it's going to be because nobody wants baseball in November, not the players, not the owners, not the other sports. Nobody wants baseball in November. So this has to get done. This has to get done. The owners have already offered a 76 game season. But with that came 75 cent per, per, percent of the prorated salaries, 75%. So 25% less than the actual prorated salary. That's not acceptable. Clearly the players gawked at that as you, as you might understand. So they've already got to themselves a, a point of the season that's in the seventies in terms of games. Let's stay right there. Let's drop it down to 72, which is basically half a season for all intents. It's basically half a season. And this is what it's going to cost. According to our numbers and our spreadsheets that I have here that, that financial guru Scott has worked on, it's going to cost about 400 million more dollars. I know that sounds ridiculous. I know that sounds like so much money and maybe, you know, it, it makes me sound like a jerk saying this because I'm writing other people's checks here, but that's for all teams combined. What we're asking for is about 12 to $14 million more per team. That's what we're asking for about 12 million more and, and way less for teams like Baltimore or Miami and Tampa, whose payrolls are crazy low and the prorated salaries are much, much less. If you don't have a superstar, okay. I mean, the angels, they're at the top of this and the Dodgers and the Yankees, of course, the, the, I mean, they're, they're pay, they're paying prorated salaries that are substantial. Of course, 18, $17 million for the Mike Trouts and the Garrett Coles of the world. But we've dropped it down to 72 games, which is going to decrease those numbers a little bit. But just keeping the salaries as they are at a 72-game clip, that's about $12 million more per team. That's all. I, and I can say it, that's all because that's not a lot. That's not a lot. That's half of a Jason Hayward salary is what that is. All right? That's, this has to happen. This has to be okay. The owners have to basically say, all right, we got our, small, our shorter season, so we're not going to lose – X dollars per game lost on 89 games or 114 games, wherever the, the, the players association started, you know, they've come down almost half of where the, uh, the, the, the players started with their initial offer of like 112 or 14 games. So I'm asking for 72, which is literally half 
of the 114 game offer. Half the, half the games, but the full proration. The owners win because they get half the games. The players win because they keep their prorated salaries that they agreed to on March 26th. Can we just get there and stop and stop with the back and forth and get to freaking baseball, please? Yeah, this is not hard. This is easy math. This is 114 divided by two and 162 you know, divided out of your salary times 72. That's, that's the math. That's how many games. And that's what it would cost for 72 games for each player. That's the math we have in our spreadsheets. Anybody can do this, anyone. And it just makes logical sense. Can we please just get this done? Cut the, cut the major league baseball players associations max offer in half, but pay it out in full. And let's get to playing baseball. Let's get the safety regulations figured out. I hope to God that while three or four people in a room are writing up these offers and tweeting them, that 50 people are figuring out how they're going to make, make this worth from a health standpoint, standpoint, what the actual regulations are going to be. I hope that stuff is all hammered out and ready to roll. And I hope Arizona and Florida, wherever they're going to play these games are ready to roll because there's just not time anymore. There's not time. If you want to end your season, your regular season by the end of September and then get your postseason done in October, an expanded postseason, by the way. I mean, everybody's in agreement that, that more teams should make the playoffs. So I, I really do hope that all of those box check boxes are already checked. And this is the last step. And this step should not be that hard. I understand that I'm asking the owners to pay $400 million more money, 12 million to 13 million more per team. I, I can't, I can't look at that and say it's too much. Can't do it. I know that I know how much baseball makes on an annual basis. I know they're not going to make a lot of that this year, but too darn bad. Baseball is not going to cancel. Okay. <laughs> baseball is not folding after 2020. It's coming back in 2021. And if you, if you put together a show like the NBA is about to do in Disney world, you might actually gain some fans. And, and Oh, by the way, there's a lot of fans that don't like 162 games and have been pushing for a shorter season because it'd be more impactful and the games that they watch on a Wednesday night would mean a little bit more and that would interest them more. You've got a real chance to pull a couple of fans back that you lost because of four and a half hour games and 97 pitching changes and blah, 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 you know, reviewing every play at second base where that a shoelace is lifted off. Um, it's, we, we got to get past all that. You got a real opportunity to just go out and play ball every day with all your players in some capacity, hope things work out from a health standpoint, of course, and just go play, pay these players full prorated salaries, max it out at 72 games, you know, maybe 70, make it, make it a nice round number. I'm, I'm just literally taking a half of the 114. That's what I'm doing here. And, uh, which would, I think allow the owners to feel like they've won. <laughs> right. Cause that's the point here. We've got to, We've got to feed the egos and everybody, everybody has egos in this. It's not one side versus the other. Everybody clearly has a stake and I'm not blaming either of them. They're here for a reason. They're professionals at what they're, at what they're doing. Um, let's just simplify it and get this done. That's all I'm saying. 72 games, full proration, pay out the 12 to 13 million more per team. And let's get to the, the real nuts and bolts of how to get this season off the ground so we can get it going in July and get it done in October and we can all turn the page to football. Like we're like, it's going to happen anyway. It's going to happen, especially if there's power five college football and legitimate NFL football, you know, we're all going to turn the page over to that. So 
Let's get it done, baseball. It's easy math. Very, very easy math. While most sports are currently at a standstill, it's never too early to start preparing your updated fantasy football draft roster. And there's no better resource than Fantasy Pros. With their flagship draft wizard, Mock Draft Simulator, you can customize any format that your fantasy league plays. Run mock drafts in a matter of minutes against realistic opponents and prepare for any scenario your draft might face. Everything's going to be updated. We've got rookies, we've got UDFAs. There's plenty to deal with right now, especially if you're a dynasty draft. And, you know, extensions like Deshaun Watson will matter to you. Get in there, start cranking the numbers out, start figuring out what the heck is about to happen here as we push towards the, uh, you know, the, the preseason schedule and things like that. It's going to come soon, especially with nothing else going on. So keep up with it on Fantasy Pros. Visit fantasypros.com slash spottrack-nfl today. Get a head start on your competition. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash spottrack-nfl. Joined on the Hip Raid hotline by... NBA financial guru, Scott Allen. We're going to talk some basketball, some actual basketball, some, some odds for real games that are going to happen. We think in about six weeks via Disney world, Scott, welcome to the show. Who is going to win the 2019, 2020 NBA championship? Let's start backwards. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We haven't seen basketball. Oh, we know. Come on. We know. Uh, I, I know. All right, let me let's, let me let me put it this way: How many teams can win the NBA championship? Uh, I think off the top, probably five five potential teams. I think you got the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks. Those are the the gimmies. Yep. And then I'd probably have to say I'm really interested to see what these other two teams are. <laughs> I am. I'm super intrigued. Uh, Are you going to say Houston? They're they're a fringe team for me. I (laughs) think. I think they have to be. I I think Toronto's in that in my probably my fourth. Wow. And then. Are you going Philly? uh, No, I think my dark horse might be Miami. Okay. All right. So you're leaving Boston out. You're leaving Denver out. And I think you would probably agree with me that Houston and Philadelphia feel about exactly the same. Both of them, I, do. I think both of them have the enough talent to win it all. I just don't know if they have a system that will get them there. I just don't. If, I, I if Houston can't hit threes in any particular game, they can't win. No, they can't win. Not at all. So, and, and they have, who knows? I mean, even with a, an abbreviated training camp, you know, they, mm-hmm. they got to get back into the flow and shooting threes is not something you just, uh, walk up and start draining them shot after shot in Philadelphia. Who knows with them, with, you know, their chemistry and everything. We know, we know that they were horrible away from Philadelphia. They were great when they were home. And if they're in a neutral site playing away, quote unquote, uh, with, with no fans whatsoever, I I don't think I give them a leg up on anything. I, I was trying to think about this from maybe a different angle, just to keep it interesting. Milwaukee, the Lakers, I guess the Raptors. Is Marcus all healthy? He may be now. I have not heard, but okay. he may We'll be have that now. discussion in a second here. Denver and Philly. So those are at least top 10 teams. Maybe not top five, but top 10 teams with a chance to go all the way. They've got big men. And much like in the NFL, when it gets down to time, right? December 1st, the weather has changed. The elements have changed. The, the landscape of the season has altered, which is what the NBA is about to deal with. 
Mm-hmm. They never have before, but it, they're about to deal with it. They're about to have different sight lines, right? I mean, James Harden shooting threes, he ain't shooting them in Houston. He's shooting nope. them in Disney World. And he'll have a couple of days of practice and a couple of playing games to get himself there. And, you know, he's a, he's a pro. I'm sure he'll do it. But there is no home court advantage. And I think that's going to be a disadvantage for jump shooters. Three-point shooters, two-point shooters. I, I think there's a real chance that we see an emergence of big men. And if you've got a big man who can be inside and outside like Denver does and Philly does and certainly Anthony Davis in L.A. and certainly Giannis, those might be the teams to keep an eye on right now, especially from a betting standpoint, you know, with Denver and Philly who have pretty decent odds here across the table. I, I, wa- I just wonder if, if teams will look to simplify, which is what NFL teams do. When it gets down to it, you know, just give Derrick Henry the ball and get the hell out of the way, right? I mean, that's yeah, that's how Tennessee just almost went to the Super Bowl. So, I I just wonder if that approach is going to to cross over here, and if so, those are probably the teams to look at. Yeah, I agree that those are those are great points. I also think the teams that have the best conditioning yeah. are going to last the most as well. Because well, that would be Houston when they're me. playing. Well, when they're playing every other game or, you know, there's not going to be much time off Mm -hmm. for some of the teams, especially the ones that go real deep. So uh, I think the ones that are conditioned the most and like you said, I I, I think the big man is going to see Mm -hmm. a resurgence in this because of, like you said, the sight lines. I, I forget who I was listening to, but there was a shooter who made a great point of shooting in a different different venue, um, you're not used to seeing certain backgrounds, and it, it could throw them off. So um, I think that's a excellent point as well. Toronto's really interesting, and I'm glad you I'm glad you included them. I'm sure they were probably on the fringe for you. Uh, they have, to some degree, well, hey, boy, look at these other teams we're talking about. Who has who has experience? at this time of year as a roster together Who, who's the most is it portland <laughs> could could it possibly be portland is the most assimilated team from maybe last postseason's run houston's new i mean russell westbrook's new the lakers are certainly new the yeah, clippers are certainly it, new potentially utah they i mean they added a few pieces but i think the core of mitchell and gobert and uh, Actually, think, Denver is 100% consistent. Yeah, you're right. Denver is. And Milwaukee, to some degree, they lost their point guard. Uh, so maybe their second tier. But that's something I'm also going to look at, not just this, this big man discussion, but you know who was together this, this time last year, or obviously a little earlier, and has the experience of pushing, like you said, an even more expedited schedule where every game matters, you know, that's, that's what changes. And that's, what's going to have to, that, that switch is going to have to flip immediately for these teams. And I look at a team like Portland, who's been together. I think we all think way too long, but it may be a gigantic, a gigantic benefit to that team. Now they do have a big man. They haven't used him well, but there's a possibility that they come from the absolute back of this pack and make a run just because of, of experience, consistency, and a little bit of luck, of course. I'd have to exclude teams like Oklahoma City and New Orleans because of this conversation, right? Yeah, I think so. 
that lack of experience in uh, in, in an unprecedented time. Right. Um, I mean, Oklahoma City, they were they were doing well. I mean, they were the fifth seed when everything ended up. And so they were playing really good basketball. That's a team that I think could probably get over the hump of not having uh, the chemistry that you're you're speaking to the the Pelicans, I don't think they are going to have anything mm-hmm. as far as, uh, I mean, they're probably in a chance that they won't even make it. So, I mean, they're one of those fringe teams. Any of those fringe teams, I think, you know, outside of, like you said, Portland, they have the experience and they have the chemistry from past seasons. Um, but, yeah, a lot of these, you know, the the last eight here, um, I, I don't, I don't foresee them doing much at all. Okay. I, I get you. And, and it looks like Brooklyn and Memphis have the, the Vegas odd favorites to win those playing games and get into the, get into the playoff run. So Portland's way back. I mean, Portland's behind Phoenix, New Orleans, and Orlando for looking at just straight odds. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that, but, um, I guess just thoughts there about all this, because here's what's not going to happen. And I guess it's why I bring up the, the, you know, the alteration of the, of the sport a little bit versus, you know, the expedition of, of, of the playoffs and obviously the no home court advantage uh, and the experience factor. What, what no team is going to have right now is momentum. Everybody's starting at zero miles per hour, every single team, but conversely, Every almost every single team is going to be 100% healthy. So anyone, with, I mean, for instance, for instance, Dallas, Luka Doncic doesn't have a wrist problem anymore. There's no question mm-hmm. about that. I mean, that and when that team was clicking, they were up there. They were making a pretty solid run up to the top of the of the West. So that that's a dark horse team, in my opinion, for without question. Uh, you also have, you mentioned Oklahoma City, and I thought of Chris Paul and how he's, his, his postseasons are generally duds, but it's, but it's because he has run out of gas Correct. Or, or he's been banged up. Mm-hmm. S- same point. If you're going to have 100% healthy, fresh Chris Paul on a young, maybe a little bit arrogant Oklahoma City team, that's dangerous. That's crazy dangerous. So I guess the point I'm trying to make here over, over, overriding is, this is going to be fun. This is going it to is. be more fun than I think we, we originally thought. Um, and anyone who was against this format and maybe wanted something a little bit more creative. I don't, I, I think Adam Silver and his team sat down with a, with a spreadsheet and a flow chart and kind of saw how this format was going to look on paper and realized we have enough interesting matchups and opportunities here to just let simplicity rule the day. They, they didn't have to get fancy with this. No. And, and, you know, I know I've been on the now's your time to experiment bandwagon, but the more I thought of it after this format came out, it it, it makes sense. They're, it's as close as they can get to keeping a consistent format from years previously. Mm-hmm. They're, they're adding in these eight games to allow for uh, – them to get the rust off, especially for the teams that they expect to be in the finals. And not, it only, gives that, a chance. not only that, Scott, but it's also to hold up the integrity of the draft spots. 
draft spots. Yeah. It allows for uh, those fringe teams that you know would have a gripe about not being in the playoffs. They're giving them at least a chance. And the third item is some of the teams and players, because of the adding eight quote unquote regular season games to this, they're going to be able to do some kind of, based on what I've read, do some kind of prorated uh, aspect for the incentives that certain players had. So players that were like one minute or one percentage and three, uh, three, uh, they will uh, be based off of adding the eight games in when they do the prorated. So it's going to help some players with that financially. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it gets us to the middle of October. There's a plan for the draft. There's a plan for the free, for the free agency season and the off season. And there's a loose plan for next year. I have read, just to get this out there, I have read that they're thinking about shortening next season. Do you see that? I have not seen that. I have seen that they're, if they were to start in December, mm-hmm. it would get them through May 26th or something like that. And they could still potentially have um, a way to get back onto their normal schedule. But I haven't heard anything about the shortened. Here's the problem. And it's something I didn't think about till I saw the, the piece yesterday. What else got canceled in 2020? <laughs> the Olympics. So Mm -hmm. there's a July 22nd start for the Olympics, which, you know, there's a lot of leagues that don't want to mess around with that, to be frank. And, uh, they want to try to end the 2021 season within reasonable time to allow for some sort of gap between them and the Olympics. So, uh, it sounds like there's more work to be done on that part of it, but just, just to throw it out there that, you know, the NBA, I mean, I just went on a rant about baseball before I had you on here. Shocking, right? Um, it's just kind of nice to talk about a league that kind of has their ducks in a row right now. And, and they, they've done so much work behind the scenes to before they announced anything. It, it, you know how it goes. You know, when, you're, when somebody has a, a presentation and they come, come out with 50 facts, even if you hate two of them, you're just impressed that they had 50 facts in the first place. <laughs> you know what I mean? mm-hmm. That's what it feels right. like. And with baseball, every time there's a new fact, they throw it out to the world and let us react <laughs> to it. Yeah, that's the dumbest move in the world. So it's just nice that the NBA has their, their ducks in a row here and we can at least discuss a plan versus, you know, possible plans or potential plans. So, um, all right, back to teams, back to the fun stuff. Let's pick some teams and we lose some money. Are they going to stay conference aligned throughout this entire process, Scott? Sounds like it. So we can't have a Lakers Clippers final. I don't think so. I, I, I think from what I've read and heard, and I could be wrong, I, I believe it's East and West. They're, they're maintaining that structure. Um, so it, it's more of a slugfest for those West conference teams uh, to try to get to that seventh and eighth seed. Mm-hmm. Then uh, in the East, I mean, the East, there's only one team outside of the, the fringe and with the Wizards, but they're five games back. So, um, and no John wall and no Kevin Durant and no Kyrie Irving. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. I mean, Kyrie said that he was going to come just to be there to be supportive, but they're going to say no, because if you're not healthy and you're not playing, you're not going. So (laughs) I was thinking about this too. Uh, because one of the things that silver made clear and he had to, 
based on the reaction they had with the Gobert situation a couple of months ago. If somebody tests positive, they are not going to shut down the league. They're going to quarantine that player. They're going to take the, the safety measures on an individual basis, be smart about it. Man, can you imagine you've thrown, thrown money on Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals and it's game six. Toronto can, can take down Milwaukee and you've just placed a bet and Siakam test positive before that game. It's going to be like 1945 when, you know, you had a word of mouth that so-and-so had the flu and wasn't going to be able to play, (laughs) but we're not going to know until, you know, maybe, maybe right before the tip because that kind of stuff is going to be kept private. It's it's a private safety matter. It's going to be really interesting with all these sports. I mean, I'm just using this as an example, but you know, with the college football situation and how much they're going to test and, it sounds like they're, just, they're going to try to keep the training on the tracks as much as possible. Betting might be a bit of a disaster <laughs> with, with all it this. It could be, but it could be, but whoever is put placing bets knows the ramifications. Oh yeah. Buyer beware. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Buyer beware. Um, I, I mean, if I had to place a bet on based on, uh, we're looking at FanDuel Sportsbook here. Mm-hmm. If I had to place a bet, I would probably go with, um, uh, I like Toronto. I, I do like Toronto. And I believe I said Toronto at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus I think you said Utah too, by the way. I did. Yeah. Did. Yeah. Actually, I think you said uh, Milwaukee in Utah, which is fine, but I'll give you Toronto now. Um, I, I like Toronto. I'm going to go Toronto and the Lakers in the championship, but I think the, uh, I think the Lakers get it done. I hate to be a homer. Uh, no, in that's a sense. fine. That's fine. E- everyone's going to pick that. But I-, I think when experience comes down to it, LeBron has it. And he's just going to say, it's on my shoulders. Let's do this. I really want a, a Lakers Clippers Western Conference Finals. More than anything. I want yeah. that. I, I really want that. I mean, that's... That's the ticket we all signed up for when Kawhi and Paul George did what they did this offseason. That's that's why we're here. Um, you know, those four superstars on the on the court at the same time with, with LeBron, LeBron and Anthony Davis, of course. That's just must see TV. So I, I certainly want that. I, I I picked this team before the season. They're hypothetically in the top five still. They are the sleepers in the East, in my opinion. You mentioned Miami. I still think it's this team. I want a Lakers Celtics final, Scott. I want to go old school, 80s style, Magic versus Bird. I want Lakers Lakers Celtics. I don't think the Celtics have a much of a fighting chance there because they're so young. But they have some consistency. And they've got Kemba Walker to, 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 to right that ship, who is, is now healthy. Again, he's another one that was banged up before this, uh, this went down. Um, they are going to have as much talent and experience as anybody in that East, in my opinion. No, they won't have Giannis, of course, and they'll have to go get over that hump. But I'm I'm rooting for a Lakers Celtics final here, and that would be my uh, not so great odds, but fun betting favorites there. <laughs> All right, let's go look at some player futures, and then we'll get out of here. Call it a day. It's too hot to be on the microphone anyway. Regular season MVP. It's Giannis by like seven touchdowns. Yeah, no questions. Yeah, LeBron can't no, win it. No, I I don't think so. Nah not with how it ended and what people probably remember for the most part. And Giannis was 
hands above everybody else as far as the statistics and he wasn't even play, he was only playing 30 minutes a game so yeah I, I would give it to Giannis um is every team playing eight games leading up to it yes yeah they're all they're all playing eight games and then based on percentage is how they will seed so it could hurt some teams that haven't played enough games as somebody else to mm. alter their percentage, but it's strictly based on the percentage, not by wins or anything like that. So over under six games played for LeBron out of those eight. Uh, I will say, I'll say over. Can you imagine the story if he load manages those eight games? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I think he'll at least play in some of all of those just to get the rust <laughs> off and get moving and get get the chemistry. I, I don't foresee him taking those off, especially um, he he's a guy that's going to want the the revenue as much as possible. So they're going to want those viewerships and yep. everything else. So yeah, no question, he's the face of the league right now for, for from a TV standpoint. So he's going to have to play some ball. Okay, what else? Futures. So so it's Giannis's MVP. Not nothing can happen in the, these next eight games that change that, right? No, I don't think so. Okay. Is it John Morant's rookie of the year? Or can, yeah, can, I think so. Can Zion I, steal I, it here? No, I don't think so. If there was a, if the rest of the season had the amount of games that it was supposed to have had, maybe he could have caught him, but because he missed up through January, uh, I think it's going to be, uh, what if the Pelicans surpass Memphis and get in? No, I don't think so. Okay. I like it. No, I don't think so. I like it. Is Giannis going to win MVP and defensive player of the year? Mm, wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see it. Me too. I could, abs I could absolutely see it. He is a force to be reckoned with when he does play defense. He's I know gonna Gobert be fresh. is. They're going to use the big Gobert's man. Been, yeah. Is the defending champion of, of that award. Uh, Davis was having a really good year, but I think Giannis, um, if I had to put the money down, I, I would put it on him. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff there. All right. Um, anything else? Where does Luka Doncic fall in all this? We mentioned that name. Um, boy, he just feels like an X factor kind of player. I, I think there's no question. He's going to be that eventually he's going to be a superstar. If he, if many might classify him that already in the small sample size, uh, Dale's kind of has something going over there and Mark Cuban has enough recklessness and money to kind of keep that train rolling. Where do they stand financially next year, Scott? Um, I, I understand that's a loaded question, not understanding where the cap will be. And, and, um, mm. but, but let me just put there. it this way. Let me put it this way. I know they ha they're in good financial shape. I don't know if they're in great shape, but we've mentioned that there's going to be possibly a dozen signing trades. I mean, there might be some players. I, yeah. I, I mentioned this week, Evan Fournier might be on that list. I mean, there might be some shooters that, that move just from because of a cost standpoint. And Orlando's not a team that can really extend that kind of player out. Dallas will. Mark Cuban will do that if he, if he senses he's in a window, which he was one of those, one of the owners that first hop on that kind of situation in the first place. And I think he, you know, like many of us sense that there's a, there's a, there's a party coming to Dallas <laughs> with this basketball team if he if he plays his cards right. So I kind of expect him to make one move this offseason, maybe add that third piece to the puzzle. Uh, any idea who that could be? And what are they looking at? From a, I mean, could it be just a flat-out free agent signing? Do they have that kind of room? 
I don't think they have room to do a, a straight out free agent. I mean, they're only projected to have about 4 million in space right now. Tim Hardaway has a player option of almost 19 million. Uh, he's going to opt in. So too. he'll opt in with that. So that's going to eat up a bunch. If he wasn't opting in, it would open up a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but they've got a lot of guys on the roster already. I mean, they have 13 players on the roster for next year, two with player options. One has a, um, non-guaranteed. So, I mean, they pretty much have their 12, 13 guys already. Like you said, they could probably flip one or two of them, yeah. uh, if they wanted to in a trade or a signing trade of some nature. But if I had to pick, I'm, I'm not exactly sure who, would fit the bill, but I agree with your point of Cuban's not afraid to make a move if no. he needs to. I mean, we saw that with uh, Porzingis and them going after that that trade. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're a dark horse as far as movement. Um, yeah, but I don't. They're not ready this year, right? Do you agree with that? No, I don't think they're ready. I think. In the beginning of the season, they had that hot start, mm -hmm. and they they were doing some really great things. Doncic got injured. Porzingis got had some time off in there. Um, I, I think they're close though, but I don't think this is the year that they're going to get over the hump, especially in the West with the Lakers, the Clippers, the way the Thunder were playing, the, the Jazz. Uh, so I don't foresee them surpassing those teams, but. With that being said, next season, if it is a shortened season or however the season is, I could see Cuban making a, a move or two to put himself in better situation. Yeah, we we uh, we had a show not too long ago where we kind of did an NBA primer for what the offseason might look like. And it was just loaded with big men. I mean, just loaded mm -hmm. with Drummond and Tristan Thompson and and those kind of players you know, maybe three or four, even more who named big men who could be on the move either via free agency or via a trade. Um, that, that might be the piece that Dallas needs to add here because you don't want Porzingis banging on the boards too much. He's not that kind of player. He's much more a power forward than a, than a big man center. Um, that might be the kind of player in that, you know, I don't think Tristan Thompson is going to have to break the bank anymore. I mean, LeBron got him no. that contract in Cleveland. It's been paid out in full. Uh, he could probably just kind of go somewhere where he, where he senses he'll have a good role on a winning team. And that's certainly going to be Dallas. To me, that's the fit. So if, if Dallas can trim a little bit of fat here and bring in some sort of free agent from that on that level, that's, that's, that's possibly one of those pieces that could work. It certainly worked in the LeBron era when, yeah, it, it would have to be probably a sign in trade or something like that because uh, all these guys have guaranteed salaries. So even if you cut them, I mean, yeah. you could stretch, you could stretch them and it'll help a little bit. But outside of that, I mean, once they it, cut them, that, that's money on their books that they're going to have. So they, they might have to it's get a really interesting uh, team. I mean, we could, we could spend a lot of time on a bunch of these teams. Like we mentioned Oklahoma city, super interesting. I know Toronto. And I mean, <laughs> I can't believe they haven't been fined for it yet, but I, Everything I read about Toronto says they, they're going after Giannis in the next in 18 months. Everything they're doing is about getting Giannis to Toronto. They, they think he would be not only obviously a basketball fit, but Kawhi Leonard times 15 from a cultural mm -hmm. standpoint. He would, he would absolutely become the athlete of Canada. And I could see that. 
He's got, Oh yes. He's got the international sense to him. Obviously he's humble, but also confident. You know what I mean? I I think it is from just from an off the court situation. I think that's a slam dunk. Is he going to be, be a Toronto Raptor? Holy cow. That would take some kind of a surprise move, but I can tell you right now, Toronto wants it to happen. So whatever is going to happen to them over the next year or two, uh, you might see them push hard like heck to, to try to win another one here this year and then possibly break it down. I know we mentioned Kyle Lowry probably leaving town after this, and they're pretty they're pretty thin from a contract standpoint outside of that. Actually, Kyle, actually he got extended, didn't he? Kyle Lowry is under contract, so they might have to do a, a trade for him out of town. Well, he he is... Got that extension for the 2020 season. Yeah. After, but it's only a one year. So when 2021 hits and Giannis is a free agent, right now I'm looking at Toronto's roster for 2021 season, um, and they only have four players under contract. Yep. Slim Pickens. Siakam's extension. Uh, Norman Powell, who has a player option, which who knows in two years, but probably would opt in on that. And then two guys who are on non-guaranteed salaries at that point. So that's what I I mean. mean, They might be all in right now. Yeah. They might be all in right now for, for 1920. And then, like I said, everything I've read points to 2021 and Giannis. So it might be a real big rip it down from a financial standpoint next year. So this might be a team that moves pieces on expiring contracts. And and with the way Siakam has played, and if he oh, continues that growth, is that a one-two Siakam, punch? Siakam and Giannis, that would be super interesting. I mean, they're both power forwards, but they'd make it work. I mean, it's LeBron Anthony Davis ish, in my opinion. Right? Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I know that's high compliment, high praise, but that's the style of play that you'd be, you'd be seeing there. But they're both freakish athletes, so I think you can get around "quote unquote" of positional names. So, sure. I mean, if if you put those two together, that is it, that is a scary team outside of whoever else they would be able to get. We, in that show I mentioned, we we talked about how the cap is probably going to drop, could drastically drop. Just what's your sense? What are we looking? What are we looking at in three months here when free agency hits? Are 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 players just going to opt in? And go forward. Are we going to see, you know, are we going to see a couple players take small, simple one-year deals in free agency, and then hope they can re-up, you know, again in 2021's off season when there's a little bit more normalcy, Uh, or, or will the NBA do right by these players and try to keep things status quo? Uh, Based on what they've done with the, with the, the. Play in tournament, or not play in tournament, but the uh, eight game postseason, pre, regular season, and then with the postseason and keeping it as close as to yeah, seven uh, what it series. has been right. possible. I think that they're going to do as right as possible financially for the players moving forward uh, because that's what has been projected for. Now, with that being said, I have not heard anything about projections or anything right. of the cap because they they really don't know they they have no idea outside of when these games are going to be played what revenue stream is going to start coming back in so there aren't even any projections and they're keeping super quiet on any of that information so um i don't think we'll hear about anything of cap projections until late august maybe after they start getting some 
uh, revenue stream in. As far as the player options are concerned, I would project that most of these players are going to opt in because of the financial uncertainty. And I mean, there's a handful of guys that are, uh, you know, like Gordon Hayward and Anthony Davis. Yeah, stop and right Drummond. there. That's I the mean, only name that matters, right? Davis. <laughs> That's the only right. one that matters. Let's finish on that. I think in our last show, we both said there's a chance he opts in, but it's probably not great because he's a bit of an anomaly in this discussion, even with the financial landscape like it is. Um, and he, and it, even if the cap dropped significantly, him signing a one plus one on whatever that new cap would be, would still be more money, correct? Right. It will. Even if the cap dumps out, uh, he'd still benefit uh, from it. it, it, it well, if it dumps out tremendously, we're talking like $20 million, His he'll probably opt in because that opt in may be higher than the value that it would be if um, it didn't drop. So he he's a player that we're not going to know until probably the 11th hour uh, because he's going to want to know, is he making more than the max or is he still less than the max and then go from there. But I could see him signing uh, a one in one or a one year deal or something like that, where uh, he is in control of his future years uh, because we don't know what two, three years out is going to be. There's one team with practical cap space for 2020 right now. One. Yeah. How is that good for the league? How is Anthony Davis even going to opt out? <laughs> There's nowhere well, to go. Every teams he, have that, to rip up their roster just to sign the guy. That's not a place that that player wants to go. Well, he, he he's, he knows he's probably going to go back to the Lakers. So they'll just sign him with the bird rights and, and, doesn't matter what the cap is going to be at for his purposes, yeah, but, but from a league perspective, yeah, having no cap space is not good for the league it's in bad. itself. It's, it, there's going to be very minimal movement uh, because you know whether you're signing an outright free agent or a restricted free agent, you have to have that cap space to sign those players in. So if those teams don't have those that space they can't sign those players and that's when we'll start seeing sign in trades like we've talked about in the past because they'll be able to do a swap and the player will still be able to get a contract that they're looking for that they would have signed with another team anyways and oh by the way our numbers are projecting a 115 salary cap which is an increase that's a six million dollar increase to what it is now so right Yes. In essence, I, I mean, there's no chance that the, that the cap rises in our opinion. So in essence, absolutely nobody has cap space according to our numbers right now. Every, every single team has to do significant work to sign any kind of player in free agency right now, meaning, you know, release players out of their cap holds, you know, get rid of some non-guaranteed salaries or, or make some trades, which is fun. I mean, a lot of trades is fun and it could be a really uniquely fun off season, a quick one too, an expedited one, but, um, but I, I just wonder if how, where, how the league perceives that. Well, we, we have to get somebody on at some point here to really speak to that. Is this, is this what they want? Because what this means is not a lot of actual randomness, right? The, the, the Anthony mm -hmm. Davis can't opt out and talk to 30 teams. 
Right. He can't because he knows there's 25 that literally can't even touch him right now. So in that, in that regard, there's a little bit of <laughs> uh, involuntary collusion, keeping players where the NBA maybe wants them. Right. Well, am, am I incorrect like, uh, in saying that? Well, I mean, if he opted out, he could technically talk to any of the teams he wanted to and then facilitate a sign and trade. Yep. And, and the Lakers could get something back for him in, in that case. So, I mean, there's still the fact that he could talk to somebody. Uh, but I agree the randomness is not going to be there where. But Scott, the only, the only way that a sign and trade really works is if you're joining a team that has LeBron James. Do you understand what I'm saying? The, the reason that this team worked so, so Im- immediately is because LeBron mm-hmm. James was already on the roster because what else happened to the Lakers? They had to gut their starting lineup. Three other five starters from last year had to go in that trade to new Orleans, right? That there are not many teams that can withstand that, nor should they. So that's what I mean. The, the, the an impactful sign and trade that immediately works in that next season, that's going to be super rare. We're going to see a lot of them. We're going to see a lot of teams try to do it. But for a player like Anthony Davis, a sign and trade, the, the, the price it takes to acquire him in a sign and trade is franchise damaging. Look what just happened with Paul George. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just I'm just saying that it is possible oh, of course. that it, it could happen. Of course. And crazier things have happened outside of that. But I mean, all point all signs point to him going back to the Lakers because that's where he wanted to be in the first place. Yeah. But uh, it, it, the next uh, six months is going to be interesting from uh, the league standpoint, from transactional standpoint, cap standpoint, you name it. It, 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 it it's going to be fun to see how some of these things play out. I mean, you try to project what kind of signing trades would happen, but th- there's infinite kind of possibilities because teams are going to do what they're going to do to get a player they want. I mean, we've all said Chris Paul is untouchable because of how much his salary is, but he's really not when you can do a a three team trade or a four team trade and you can move all these assets all around uh, to to get what you want. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we went through an entire off season of trying to figure out the Anthony Davis situation, even as it was happening. So, I mean, that's how complicated and creative these NBA moves can get. You're right. Any kind of randomness or uniqueness, which certainly we're going to have in the, you know this coming fall, is just going to make it more interesting, even if it's not major players like we had last year with your Durants and your Kyrie Irvings and whatnot. Um, last thing I'll say, don't sleep on... Don't sleep on the Golden State Warriors being really damn interesting too because oh, I agree. they can either take a number one pick or they can move that pick and moving that pick might be even more fun because that means there's somebody coming to town that's going to shake up that lineup a little bit and they could go from worst to, worst to first pretty darn quickly again, right? Yeah, they could. I mean, I, I saw something where they're, they're – Honing in on uh, Anthony Edwards from Georgia. Yep. I think I have the name right. Um, it sounds like they're focusing on him. Obviously, we don't know if they're going to be the number one pick overall because of the percentages. Don't believe the hot stove, Scott. <laughs> but, I mean, that that's what I've read. I would not put it past them to trade that pick and bring somebody in uh, and, and reload on the fly. Mm-hmm. That's just who they are, and they're smart, and Bob Myers knows what he's doing, and – you know, that, that is going to be a, 
extremely interesting team moving forward. I, I'll say it again. We said it before the last team that it's going to be interesting with this off season is going to be the, the 76ers, no especially, especially if they're uh, out in the first round. I mean, do you blow it up and, and move on and get assets back? But I think outside of the Warriors, that is an extremely interesting team depending on what happens in this postseason for them. Good stuff. All right. My thanks to Scott Allen. My thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track for 40% off. My thanks to Hit Parade. Get your mystery memorabilia box at dacardworld.com. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Track Podcast. <laughs>